2: Welcome back to the House of Pod, cha-cha-cha. I'm Kaveh. I'm Lizzie. Lizzie. Kaveh. Can I ask you a question?
0: Anything you want, darling.
2: Have you ever seen one of these posters or coffee mugs or t-shirts that has this, this saying on it, don't confuse your Google search with my medical degree? Or some variation of that. Don't confuse your my medical degree with your Google search. Have you seen something like that?
0: No, but I have a t-shirt that says, trust me, I'm a doctor.
2: I have one of those too, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but That's the um, closest. That's the closest I've, I've been to that.
2: I've actually never seen one in the wild either. But, you know, it's like a, a meme Online, or something yeah. that pops up on Facebook a little bit more than, than yeah. Twitter because it's kind of like an older joke, you know. And um, I saw a conversation go down on Twitter and I thought it was kind of interesting and I wanted to bring it to your attention and get your thoughts. So someone posted a picture of a coffee mug that had that on it. And, you know, I've never thought much about it. I never thought it was particularly funny and I was a little snarky and not in the fun snarky way, like kind of like the boring cliched snarky way, but I never cared much about it. But there were People who saw this post about it and were were saying things like, why do doctors hate it when patients try to take an active interest in their own healthcare? And it created a little bit of discussion back and forth about it. And I guess my question for you is, why?
0: <laughs> Wait, so they're reading this t-shirt that says don't confuse medical information with your Google search. And then people are assuming that that means that patients, they're, they're extrapolating and saying that someone is ridiculing patients for advocating for themselves.
3: Right. Right. Which I think
0: is like too many steps for them to do. I, I I
2: think, I think there's a lot going on here. I think, yeah, I think the people who have it in their mind, they're like, they're talking about a patient who comes in demanding a specific bit of quackery that they found online as treatment. And they're like, no, that's not true. You don't put coffee enemas up your butt. That's what I think the people who would like that kind of shirt or mug are thinking, but the people who are seeing it and are, are, are (laughs) upset about it are like, Hey, doc, patients should be able and should want to be, take an active role in their own health care they, they
0: should put them. coffee up their ass
2: <laughs> no right. You're right. No, okay. that's not what they're saying but, i mean right. it, it, and, and the, the funny thing is i see both sides of this like it totally makes sense to me like why someone might might think that's a funny shirt Te- I don't really, it's not really funny. So, no. That's, not, that's not fun. But right. I see, I see what they're saying. What they're saying is like, you know, um, what you're seeing online, you have you can't trust because a lot of that stuff is written by people who are trying to sell you something. They're trying right. to rip you off. There, it's it's all there's a lot of bullshit online. You have to learn how to 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 know what's real and what's not. But then I also see what other people are saying by being upset about it to some right. degree. I don't understand why they're so upset about right. it. Right. People get that's- so upset about everything, but like they, they get upset about like the fact that rightfully so it almost seems like people are saying, Hey, don't Google your problems. Just come to me. I am right. the, in- all, the all of knowledge,
0: which it's I, all. Sorry. It's true. True. And unrelated, right? Like I don't, the outrages doesn't make any sense. The t-shirt is not funny nor clever. Like it should just say, you know, don't Google. Um, don't use Google as your physician like that. We can all get on board with like doctors are here I have to say, I think of myself like I'm in the customer service business. Like, even if I think a patient's concern or question is frivolous or ridiculous or, you know, a waste of my time, I always give somebody or I try to give my patients a sense that I'm hearing them, even yeah. if I don't agree, right? Because, and I say thanks for your email or thanks for reaching out because I want to encourage people to advocate for themselves a hundred percent. And then my job is also to educate people. So, you know, and listen to them and hear what their questions are about their Google search. You know what I mean? So it's all connected.
1: Right, right. So I don't
0: think you can just say you shouldn't advocate for yourselves. You know, I had a patient who emailed me, oh, I got an infusion the other day for a blood transfusion or IV iron or something. And she goes, how do I make sure it doesn't hurt next time? And I, you know, I have no idea the answer to that question, but I said, I'm so sorry. I don't exactly know how to answer this question, but I recommend that you advocate for yourself. And if you've had a technician who's done it really well in the past, ask for that person again. And if you've had a technician who's, or a nurse or whomever is doing it, who did very poorly and hurt you, do not let that person do it again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that our job is to encourage people to advocate for themselves because you know and I know that the patients who fight us the hardest and yell the loudest and threaten the most do get probably an extra level of care. It might be fear-based care, but I am paying much more attention to that person because I'm scared of them and I'm a human and I don't know what to say to that. Like I don't want to respond to threats, but I definitely have a higher level of alertness.
2: I I would argue that- people who threaten or scare their doctors or medical providers in some way don't actually receive better care. I don't think
0: better. They make it more more. attention.
2: They make it more care, but we've proven that necessarily more tests and more procedures and all that stuff are not necessarily better. Yes. If I said
0: better, I misspoke. I meant more care and more alert and and, and more fear.
2: (laughs) I, I do think you get better care by having a good, uh, Ability to communicate with your, your doctor and having a good relationship with your doctor. You just get better. I do think that. That is yeah. true. So that means um, ask
0: more questions, right? right. And and I,
2: I actually like it when patients do some research on their own. All I ask is that then they bring it to me and we talk about it because a lot of the stuff they are gonna get online is not correct. A lot of the stuff people, we talked about this in our episode with Nina Shapiro, like the the internet is not necessarily designed in such a way that for most people who are not super internet savvy can figure it out. It can be really tricky, it can be really hard. And I'm watching YouTube videos, I'm I'm like listening to YouTube music while while I'm at work, just in the background, and these commercials pop up every minute. They're like 30 minute long commercials about, do you know the toxins that are in your stool? Do you know what's happening in your colon? Right. And they sound just scientific enough that if you didn't have the, the background in science that we do, it would, it would make a lot of sense. But right. we know that it's, it's horseshit. Right. And so like, all I ask is that they come to me with that stuff. And, and to be honest with you, Dave, they, they come with great stuff. So great I'm actually all, I'm all for it. I'm all right. for it as long as they share that with me. And they also have some faith in us too. To be right. like, well, you know, I mean, I haven't had the situation where someone's been like, well, you say I shouldn't put coffee up my butt. But this person here, quack fifty three ninety five oh three booty boy says I should. So I don't know who to trust. You know, right. luckily, I don't think we have that problem so much. But but anyways, it's a silly fight to have. I mean, I just It doesn't
0: need to be a fight, like you know. I just don't understand the heated part behind the whole thing. But in the end, no, I know. That's why I'm not on Twitter. But that's what everyone should say, like to your kids. You know, don't believe everything you see. Don't believe everything you read. And that's a fair statement, I think, in life. You know, and like you said, Nina Shapiro wrote a great book about primary resources, and we spoke to um, Tim Caulfield recently about his book. Is Gwyneth Paltrow wrong about everything? Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. And I think that those things are, um, you know, great resources for people to read and review um, because you should go to a primary source, whether it's um, scientific articles or your trusted doctor. I mean, yeah. it seems pretty straightforward, but it's a good, it's a good conversation, a good, nice and friendly debate but the, the anger doesn't, isn't justified, yeah, but I the conversation know. is totally reasonable. Right.
2: Yeah. So I agree with that. All right. Yeah. Speaking of very reasonable and well-researched, our next guest is really cool. I'm very excited for everyone on our show who hasn't already heard of him to hear about him. His name is Propaganda or Prop. He is an artist, a poet, a rapper, a podcaster and he's going to talk to us about his new show hood politics. And we'll talk a little bit about vaccine hesitancy and a little bit about America's history that we don't normally hear so stay tuned, everyone. Thank you again to Nadim for help with production. Thank you to Lizzie. Thank you to everyone on Twitter that's following us. Thank you to everyone who's left a review on iTunes. If you haven't, please do that. We will read it. We really appreciate those. Anyone you want to thank, Lizzie? No. Yeah. And stay tuned. I'm not gonna make you do it. Normally, when we have a musician on the show, yeah. I uh, i have a bit where I make him oh, no, listen to my music. Okay. That'd be great, bro.
3: It's like a whole thing. I'm yeah. gonna make while yeah. she's He great. did it
0: to Sharky Laguana of Creeper oh, Lagoon.
3: Oh, it's glorious. Ooh, look Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> it's good for the outtakes. I know, right? <laughs> Play that thing.
2: I have it tuned, so it sounds like in a sitar. Like it's got I was like, gonna say, bro. I was gonna know. say,
3: man. This sounds like like Fertile Crescent. Like, do you like that? You know, that's a right now, bro.
2: And welcome back. Today we have Jason Emmanuel Petty, rapper, poet, and podcaster, otherwise known as Propaganda or Prop whose show, Hood Politics, is now available on iHeartRadio.
3: Thank you so much for coming on this show. It's a real joy to have you on. Yo, I'm honored, man. It's a real doctor move of you to give my full government name. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You almost gave your birthday. Is that okay? (laughs) Please, no address or social security. (laughs)
0: Social security right? exactly. Well, we know that you're bummed about uh, what's going on uh, with the Lakers right now, but... Um, yeah. we tell, we tell our audience a little bit about your background, like where are you from and some of your, uh, upbringing and, um, yeah. you know, your roots.
3: Yeah. Um, I am from originally specifically South Central Los Angeles. Um, I moved to what's called the San Gabriel Valley, uh, which we would call SGV. And that's where essentially my formative years were, um, i'm a la boy i've lived all in around la county um fell in love with hip-hop you know because of my age group and location you know and uh and uh it was you know it was either this or you know join the local set you know and like i was thought rapping was a little more safer for my life than <laughs> gang bang it but uh but um but yeah, I, I, I fell in love with hip hop, you know, I kind of like traversed the city, you know, doing music and um, writing my name on the walls and such. And, you know, I went off to college. I got a degree in illustration and intercultural studies. Then I started doing, then I started teaching. So i got my master's in sociology or history and social science. And then I taught high school for, for a while. Uh, that's kind of how I got interested in politics. My father was a Black Panther Um, so justice and advocacy was just like built into our home and, uh, yeah. And then I, you know, poetry and music and all the other things that I do. And I'm right now, like just drowning my sorrows in this whiskey because of the Lakers, the (laughs) defending champions are about to lose in the first round.
1: Oh, as a
3: warriors fan, I have no
2: idea what that feels like. I don't even understand. (laughs) Um, You know, it's, it's interesting to hear you talk about that background because you really use that in your show hood politics to describe, you mean this, this understanding of local culture of South central culture. And you use that really well to describe geopolitics. And I've been listening to your show a lot and I really enjoy it. And like, it's. Can you tell us a little bit about the show? I mean, I've heard you use the term politics sure. is essentially gangbanging in nice suits. Yeah. But I think, I think that's the start of it. But can you tell us a little yeah. bit more about it?
3: Yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's an onboarding for um, younger kind of like urban, you know, which is code for brown skin, you know, uh, kids who kind of have this knowledge base, but it's not like you know a formalized knowledge base you know what i'm saying so i know i definitely struggled in the sense of like knowing that i knew what i was talking about i just didn't know how to say it the way the academy wanted me to say it you know right. and and it did it did a number on my my confidence so as i started teaching um, i found that like when i went back into like the way that i was translating things for myself i just started doing that out loud for other people, uh, I, I, I found that like, you know, this started to resonate. So, so Hood politics just kind of came out of that process of learning how to like get my brain around sort of the zeitgeist I was already kind of existing in and learning how to like uh, uh, communicate to. So yeah. what's, right. what's, what's uh, different from my show is, you know, I'm kind of speaking to and it's it, this if for for street life for streets it is super important to like to make the distinction that like I I never gang banged so that like so when I say hood huh, politics and that is gangbanging what I'm talking about is the percentage of is the other eighty percent eighty percent of the kids that just grew up here and had to learn how to I had to know how to talk to
1: gangbangers. you know what I'm saying. <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah, I had to learn how to talk to y'all and know, right. understand how y'all work, how you navigate, like what's actually happening. You know, one of the greatest things I say when you grew up in the in the city is to know when it's time to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're just at a party or at something like one well, of the best things, like yeah, it's time for me to head out. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. just subtle being able politics, to those money. Yeah. Sub-
2: reading the room, subtle politics, reading people, reading situations. Yes. Right. It's like
3: you
0: don't have to have been a gangbanger to understand the culture, like what you're saying. Like, because you had, because navigating around it, through it, among it, even if you're not in it, is a part of that, right?
3: It's a part of it. You know what I'm saying? So there's things that you know just from being so close to it. But then there's other stuff that you know because, like, I have to move through so many different cities, so many different neighborhoods. And I have to make sure that, like, hey, if I have family from this side of town and, my best friends from that side of town and now we're at a party because i'm interested in some girl in this other part of town i need to make sure to know how to like you know how to work. You don't work through all those situations. Okay. So you have
0: to switch dialects. You got to like, like,
3: you got to code switch, you know, literally. So that's like. yeah,
0: yeah. 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 So
2: about code switching, because you've been in, you know, you've been parts of South Central that are predominantly African American. You've been in parts that are like almost all Latino. You've yeah. been in academia. You're yeah. in the corporate world now to some degree, at least, you know, you yeah. have this great show that's on iHeartRadio. Do you find yourself code switching? Do you find yourself all the time? Do, do you fight it or do you
3: No, the only time it's it's funny because it's like i'm generally like i see that as my superpower because even the code switches are they're authentic because it's like i'm not pretending to understand latino culture i grew up here you know what i'm saying like this yeah. is this is real like i actually do speak the language mm-hmm. you know like i'm not pretending you know and with 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 academia I'm like no I got the receipts you need to see you need to see my degree like I have I know what I'm talking about you know the only time I ever feel a little a little twinge of like hesitation is when I come back to my own neighborhood is when I come back to my own people because because I have this like otherly experience to where it's like, I can surf, I can ride a skateboard. Like I've, I've had these other experiences where a lot of my homies have not, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? So you, you, you know, you, when we were kids, it was like, you sound white, you know what I'm saying? You, you know, so you have all this, and like, why you, why you talk like the, we would say the Mexicans, why you talk like the Mexicans, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, well, I mean, that's where I live.
0: Right. So are you worried? You're worried that when you come home, you'll be found they'll find you unrelatable yeah yeah yeah. you're
3: not black no more you know what i'm saying like you're not like and and again because like because i had this like world experience it's like i didn't i wasn't banging the set like i lived here i'm from here my family does cousin does my best friends do but i don't because i've had i've been exposed to other things you know what i'm saying so like uh but it's like, you are like, you're still my heroes. Like you're still using my, you are my local, you're my heroes. Like I still crave y'all's affirmation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right, so right. there's, there's times that like, I find myself like, yo, am I pretending when I come home and basically like speak my own language? Cause this is, cause, cause the hood is my first language. You know what I'm right. saying? Uh-huh. So sometimes it's like, I, I, I forget that it's my first thing. So for me, I'm comfortable because I'm like, this this where i this is where i started you know but right. if that's but that may not be familiar to everybody talking to you so a lot of times i feel myself having to like okay let me remind y'all like <laughs> oh you know, it's He's still sixty seventh to san pedro like i'm still from here you know right. mm-hmm.
1: um well everybody
3: but,
0: you know code yeah. switches to some extent right like of course you know white people do like i'm different yeah. with my family and my friends and at work mm-hmm. and colleagues but I'm. I maybe you could distinguish for our listeners, like people of color have to code switch for survival. Like, and it's out yeah. of necessity. And there's like a stress yeah. level that's probably a part of it and a fear yeah. factor and anxiety. And again, like survival. Um, yeah. Is that
3: how
1: yeah. you would w- distinguish w- it too?
3: Yeah, to? yeah. W.E.B. Du Bois called it a, a double consciousness that, um, or dual consciousness that all black people have because you, you have to learn how to navigate the dominant culture's world while at the same time not losing yourself you know and and who you are at your core and it's yeah it's it's like if i'm gonna get approved for a loan if i'm gonna get get you know walk away with my life from this police interaction if i'm gonna you know i'm saying talk to my children you know get or talk to my children's teachers like all of those things like I'm thinking about how to like change from like bruh to like grow, you know, and mm-hmm. and just little distinctions like that to make this like yeah. this white dominant culture feel like they could relax. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, like right. I'm not I'm not a threat to you, you know. Right. Yeah. Um yeah. it's just yeah, you know, we we me and my wife like when you know before before we bought our house when we were looking to rent, like in different like rental places, like she had to do the phone calls. Right. Because when they would when they hear my voice, they're just like, oh, that's a black man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I did my best. to put on my, my my best white voice. You know what I'm saying? Sorry like, to
2: bother you, voice. You're David hey, Cross.
3: Yeah. Hey, Hey, bro. Just wondering um, if. Brother. Is, if this, that's the thing. Yeah, you brother. You. Brother. Yeah. Hey, bro. Just wondering if, like, I'd be super stoked if, like, the place was still open, you know? <laughs> that's pretty hey, good, Walmart. actually.
1: Pretty
3: yeah. Good. You know? Hey, just. Yeah, dude. No problem, man. Are you guys even busy around three? Like, maybe I can. Swing by. That be, cool? <laughs> be cool if we swing by this. Do a cruise by? You have to say cruise. cruise cool. We cruise by cruise like man. I'm super non-threatened. You know like, you just gotta know cool. how to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right.
2: No, I that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, we we you know, to some degree, we we have a the tiniest fraction of that because we operate within the medical world and we have to use oh, a very specific language and then we yeah. talk the way we talk amongst our friends. I mean, we never like go as far as like the way quentin tarantino sounds around black people you know yeah. <laughs> we try to avoid that kind of thing. Yeah. but like <laughs> but there's a little bit of that in what we have to do in medicine too yeah. um you know getting back to the show you know i i have to say i i really can tell you you do the research on it i know because like you i listened the first episode of yours that i listened to was the one you did on iran yeah you talked about beef in yeah. iran you Talked about the history there And by the way your your accent on, on a lot of the names is pretty good. At, at least Thank as you. good as mine. Which is good. Thank as Mine you. which is probably not that great to be honest <laughs> with you, but like I'll it's, try, it's good enough. It's good enough. Yeah. But it's clear you do the work. How are you doing the research on this? What's your method? Like what sources
3: are you using? Man, I'm super like I just I'm just curious, man. So like it's, a lot of times it'll start from you know, I I absorb like the nerdiest of history podcasts and like long form things, and then you know I have my like different channels that'll like uh sort of like start the conversation. So I listen to a lot of like Al Jazeera, Al Jazeera English is like a very good source. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, then you just move around via like NPR, Axios, and stuff like that, and then after after a while, you start realizing that they're pulling from something else. You know. So for me, it's like my, my teacher antenna, um, you know, and my, my social science understanding is like, okay, there's, this isn't new. What is, what's the longer story? So for me, then I'll start, then I just start reading, you know what I'm saying? And, um, it's those, like, I'm the guy that like scrolls down to the bottom of an article and like click sources you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm, then mm-hmm, yeah, and then I'll yeah. go through that trail to be like, okay, where are y'all pulling this from? Who are the experts on this? Then I'll start looking for their names and right. like, okay, who wrote along But then I'll get the audiobook and I'll just I'll be outside, you know, raking leaves and I'm listening through, you know, the the longer history of this. Then I'll be like, okay, who hates this guy? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, now let mm-hmm. me hear what they got to say yeah, about yeah, this yeah. person. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's my 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 friends tease me about that. They say the same thing, like, when do you absorb all this? Like, how are you absorbing so much? And it's like, I I enjoy it. I know it seems so strange, but, like, I really enjoy the longer form, uh, you know, historical narrative that got us to the talking point that we're talking about right now, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just something that's so... Rare these days in this generation yeah. of like BuzzFeed top ten list. If it's not yeah. like in like a picture meme format, we have a hard time digesting it. It all yeah. it takes is someone who's willing to read the long form to know some shit, and yeah, that makes you like an Basically. expert because you're one of the yeah. few people willing to go through it and do the work. Um, so
3: yeah, it's exhausting—not the process of doing that, but having to trying to have a conversation with somebody. Okay, <laughs> mm. you know and y'all doctors i i can't even imagine how many times you've had to like just bite your hand and be like <sighs> well um, that,
1: brings
3: yeah. that,
2: that brings me to my next question works yeah that brings me to my next question because something we talk a lot about on the show is vaccine hesitancy we've been dealing with Jeez, a lot of patients of all backgrounds yeah. all ethnicities mm-hmm. everything and we talk a lot about you hear a lot in the news at least about the african-american community which isn't my major concern when it comes to vaccine hesitancy mm-hmm. it's not anymore. Any yeah. Right? I'm much anymore. more worried about like conservatives, like trumpeter type Sheesh, people. Yeah. But, but something that you do talk about in your show is that, you know, beef so to speak does mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. exist in a vacuum. It doesn't come out of nowhere. People say, yeah. Oh, it's just been there forever. You talk about it. Like something started it. We talk yeah. about conflicts like, there are issues that have been there forever. There's nothing you can do about them. Just put, your, wipe your hands of the whole thing and walk away. But you talk about how that's not really yeah. true. You register really, yeah. I think, aptly that these are important issues that start somewhere. It's just a matter of finding at least a place to dive in. So when we yeah. talk about the African-American community and their vaccine hesitancy, I mean, we always know yeah. about Tuskegee, right? Yeah. But there's more than Tuskegee. There's more before and after Tuskegee. Yeah. Like where do you feel we need to jump in on that conversation about vaccine hesitancy in the African-American community?
3: I think, man, it's like, yeah, dude, like if I were the, the head of, you know, the CDC or the world health organization, it's like, I feel like I would move away from like, I would pivot the convo a little bit and just be like the, the, the bottom line is we just don't trust the government just we just don't trust y'all you know and no matter who we vote for you know i just you know both i'm pretty sure i don't know if you just watch i just watched i just watched president biden do this whole thing about the hundred year you know anniversary of the burning of black wall street and you ain't say nothing about black wall street you know what i'm saying and i'm like it's three survivors in the room like, you don't even address them. So I'm just like, man, we just, fam, don't act like we ain't just put you in office, you know? And so there's just this longer history of, like, no matter what it is, like, you don't keep your treaties. You don't keep your promises. You don't do what you say you're going to do. So the so for me, it's like the the backing away from it is to just be like, I need to invest in building trust with y'all. Now, granted, with a vaccine thing, it's like, it's not like we got time for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. and that's what, that's the part that, like, you know, kind of bakes my brain in the sense of, like, we, yeah, we don't have time to do the long form trust thing. But mm-hmm. I, if for me, it was, my attitude, I'm just like being transparent, was like I'ma wait till y'all get it. And if you shoot it in your arm, then I'll shoot it in my arm. Mm-hmm. But I'm away, I'm look, if you not doing it, I ain't going first, nigga. You're tripping. You know what I'm saying? Right. But if I see you do it, and then just the reality of like on a personal note, I'm like, I don't know no one that died of smallpox. I don't know nobody with polio. Right. right you right. know, rickets. Yeah, yeah. Scurvy, yeah. like I don't know the fight, and I know exactly why none of my friends got scurvy. You know what I'm saying, right? So, well, that's vitamins. That's not vaccine. Well, yeah, it's, the okay, the it's, actually, maybe not it's actually literally <laughs>
0: corona, corona, and lime.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. the lime part
0: of the corona that, but, <laughs> that yeah. Your point, scurvy. your
3: point's taken. We got the point yeah. taken. My fault. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Can't exaggerate with doctors. Yo.
2: No, no, we'll, <laughs> we'll get called on that if we don't no. say something. I no, will feel you. I'll, I'll get emails. So I feel
3: you actually, you'll get actually, emails. actually, actually. actually, actually. actually. Yeah. From, from oh man. Yeah. I can't imagine y'all's actually emails. Yeah. But yeah, oh, no, shit. I, uh, but yeah, like my, my, that's been my response is like, you know, anybody with smallpox, neither do I, Right. you know? So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think, I think it's ultimately it's like, it's the long, it's the long game of like, I, our government has to learn how to build, you have to build trust and you just don't, we just don't trust you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I, I know, but for me in mind, it was like, well, they put it in their arms, yeah. you know? So maybe, maybe it's there, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, what would you want to say to listeners or like people of color or or white conservatives who are being hesitant. Is there, you know, I agree with you that it's not your job as someone who's been um, abused and neglected mm-hmm. and disrespected for hundreds of years in this com- uh, in this country. It's not your job to do yeah. the work. How,
1: yeah.
0: wh- where's your trusted resource? Is it, yeah. you know, who is the trusted resource? I get not getting the understanding of the government. Is it? Is it a local doctor? Is it... A local clergy person it, like what what do you yeah what would you say
3: me, yeah for me it's the homies like yeah. you know i feel like we trust each other yeah more than anybody else you know so
0: there's a pitch mom, for more black doctors right there yeah, oh, yeah. Sorry.
3: But yeah. The homies if you like nah that's you know my uncle doctor he got it you know what i'm saying so yeah like we trust the homies you trust family you yeah. know and um so, so yeah, like to have more, more black people, more like you know, rallies in in the medical field would would, you know, would change a lot of a lot of the the story here. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's something to be said about the emotional tie. I think just the identity shaping the emotional tie a person has to a. A truth, a perceived truth that, like, or myth, if you will, like, in the sociological perspective, not like right or wrong, but just like, this is just an anchoring narrative. You know what I'm saying? So I think there's a, there's a, a, a real power in like, what I'm asking you to unravel. Yeah. And I, yeah. and that to me is like, when I think of like the conservative space, I'm like, they've spun such a story in their brain that like, uh, where, where's the thread? Like where do, which thread, which one of these threads do I pull (laughs) that'll help this unravel to where you're like, where do you know, where do I even start? Uh, Like, so to me, it's like, it's this, I have to talk to your emotional identity. Like, so it's like, do I say, are you any less a patriot? if you take this, like, does that, are you, who do you feel like you letting down? Right. Like what, you know what I'm saying? Like, is that, is you feel like this is a betrayal? Like are you betraying the squad if you do this? Are you embarrassed? Like are your friends going to judge you if you do this? Like there's something else going on here that has to do with their identity to me. You know what I'm saying? So like, how do I help you process this? Like the courage, you know, to not be as they would call sheeple, you right. know what I'm saying? They'll be right. like, it sounded to me like you following the herd. Yeah. You know, because you letting all them make your decisions. Right. You know, so like, so to me, it's like, I can't talk to you because clearly the facts don't matter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> clearly yeah. history and science and what the hell, yo, I can see, you know, that don't, like, I, I just don't understand anybody that would look at a, whole ass doctor and think that they know better than them like that's just logic like i'm like then logic don't matter to you yeah yeah you know you feel me i don't know what you're- i can't explain to you mitochondria because <laughs> you don't know what the fuck the word mean and it don't matter that i know what it mean because i'm just being uppity by using the term mitochondria you know what i'm saying <laughs> so i'm like okay i can't
2: no I you're can't you're, you're you're that's really like well put it's like this emotional component to it yeah we're not, not making decisions on or most of them i don't imagine are making them based on intellectual choices there's some emotional thing that's driving them trying yeah. to figure that out and work with that is that's the real challenge i mean there is a, a certain group of this country that has not been vaccinated yet and of that group there is a a, some percentage that I just don't know how you're going to reach because they have that weird emotional block and getting through that is layers of stuff to work through. Yeah. Of like angst that they have to deal with that. I mean, I don't have the time or energy as a doctor to deal with. I don't know who does, you know? So I, I mean, it's, it's, I'm not even sure it's worth bothering with them. I mean, we should, but I, I always (laughs) say we got to focus on that one group of people that we can reach that we can talk to. Um, in in yeah i was on a
3: call with oh go ahead i'm sorry no no, go for it yeah i was on a call with the uh some dudes from the world health organization trying to do this thing basically trying to figure out how to reach these two groups of peoples the white evangelicals and the black community like how do we reach them and they said that uh the ad council did a ton of research on who's down? And they were like, yeah, 40% of America got their vaccine the first day. It was like in. And then it was like 20% of America, you ain't going to never reach them. They are just, their brains have been cooked. They're already anti-vaxxers. You ain't going to talk to them. We fighting for that last 40 yeah. and like, and trying to get them on board. So I, 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 I'm, what I'm saying is like, what you feel according to them is like, yeah, they've they research this and you write. There's there's a handful of America that's just we ain't gonna never convince them. Yeah. You know, Enjoy yeah. your latte. You know what I'm saying? And eat your brain bone broth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because there's kinda, mercury yeah. in our water. Real. You
0: know? The brains are cooked. I guess. Yeah. I the like brain's that. Cooked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are some people that you can't take. You know, you can't convince, and and then there are people that you can. But what we talked about on the show a lot recently is just you have to try and try. Yeah. And try again, if there's any window, any, if they're just listening, I think that's probably yeah. a door that is opened. And yeah. I want to, I want to go back to something. You just mentioned the Tulsa massacre, which was known as yeah. the Tulsa race riots. And yeah. you know, this week is the hundredth anniversary of mm-hmm. not, I shouldn't say anniversary as if it's yeah. to celebrate, we're honoring the hundredth year that it happened. It was 1921. And, and, you know, you mentioned it and you know, but maybe our listeners don't, you know, that yeah. it's, When a white mob, um, a white mob, uh, mostly many of whom were deputized by like local white Tulsa police went ahead and murdered, burned down a thriving economically independent black community that, as you mentioned, is known as Black Wall Street. Um, and honestly, many of us, I I can speak for maybe white people, but I learned about it, I think two years ago when there was an article about excavating some Mm -hmm. areas of the town Greenwood, um, to find out more information because it was this dirty little secret in America. Whites wouldn't mm-hmm. talk about it and Black people were terrified that if they <laughs> talked about it, they would yeah. get killed. So nobody even talked about it, I think for the first time until 19, in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to know from you as a teacher and as a student, what what else about America as far as like dirty secrets, you know, like yeah. that people don't talk enough about? What do you think is like kind of the dirtiest little secret, like the history of Black Panthers the history and origin of policing in America, which you obviously yeah. are an expert in as well, pretending that there's no institutional racism and saying yeah. things like today is better than it was. Let's not talk about the past. Like yeah. what is like <laughs> the thing that you Man. wish you could ch- write the history book on?
3: Wow, that's just- that's, that's,
0: that's a big one. Know, there's so many. off here, yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: I think it's like, I would try to get, you know, up to 30,000 feet with this one and just like, you know us like the most ghastly thing that I feel like the most unthinkable right is that that part of you that you know that dark corner of your own psyche that you're like I'm just gonna bury that over there and act like it doesn't exist like America has it you know and and it's never went away you know so and it won't until you bring it out of darkness so like i just think that like the the pervasiveness of how systemic racism not only affects black people but you know any persons of color and then i'm gonna say like i mean half of white people wasn't white people until the 60s like you know right didn't nobody think you know what i'm saying so i'm like it's yeah. affecting you too you know and that yeah. that like did only have only recognized two races until 1960 you know so you had you had you had a uh, japanese people standing in front of the supreme court being like no i'm white too so i could own some land you know because like or and i don't want to get too much in the weeds but the point i'm trying to make is like the pervasiveness of how it's baked into the very fat the very foundation of who we are is something that like until you're willing to reckon with, it's just gonna keep showing up in different places. Any trope, why black people can't swim? Well, we were not allowed in pools. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like that's yeah. why we can't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People, people was born bleaching the pools, when we, we saw swimming. the
2: pictures of them bleaching the pools when they. Yes, took it like, like there's
3: know. yeah, like there's no part. There's no part of it, and if, little things like you know, beachfront property wasn't farmable. So we black people used to have to live at the beach because you couldn't farm the land until somebody realized, like, damn, it's kind of beautiful to live at the beach. Y'all gotta go. You know what I'm saying? And right. They kicked us out the beach. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, like, yeah. these there's no part of society that is not infected by the stain because it's built into the DNA. So until you're willing to recognize that these moments are gonna keep happening, so that's my hope. And it's like you like. And sweeping it on the rug, it ain't gonna go away. It's just gonna pile up. And so I'm like, okay, you know, grow some guts and just look at it. We all have to look at our shadows. Like we all do. Everyone has to look at their shadow at some point. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I just don't understand why you just won't look at it. Like, just look at it, you know, yeah.
2: When we first started talking about the the subject, we started talking about systemic racism. We thought it was important because we think it really is a public health crisis. It really not, is not just talking about like dangers to you know black people from like police or yeah. you know from from inadequate healthcare or anything like that, but the concept of minority stress. Yeah, this we had a, a doctor on Chase Anderson, great. Uh, clinical psychiatrist uh child psychiatrist here in san francisco and he sort of started introducing us to this concept this long-standing chronic stress of being a minoritized person in this country is intense and it bleeds into all this other stuff that we then have to take care of from health risks. so from really from a health perspective i mean we don't we used to get some shit about it in the beginning people would be like why are you guys talking about non-medical things, but this is medical, very medical, all very medical. This all comes back to
3: it. You on to something, man. We learned, I learned in college that like the levels of PTSD from growing up in these environments. And it's and it, and especially because our luxury of our, of our American military is our wars are fought overseas. So you never have to see those places again. That's not true. That's not true for persons of color. I have to see the same corner. I have to walk by it every day, you know, so I don't get to get away from the source of my trauma. You know what I'm saying? So that building up into, like, homies, my own family, people going into therapy therapy being like, yo, you're – you have bipolar disorder. You know what I'm saying? Like hey, you have this chronic you have a chronic ulcer, you have all these like serious like medical issues and it's yeah. it's just from trauma, you yep. know? And yeah, man, you really I never I didn't know there was a term for it, but yeah, that's that's what we found among ourselves. It's like, man, we are we dying over this without actually being murdered, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. that's man, that's super interesting.
2: Yeah, that's something I think we have just barely scratched the surface of. And to be honest with you, it, it was a relatively new concept to me. Yeah. I mean, like, and it shouldn't be, it's a little embarrassing yeah. to admit it, but it's I mean, true. You know,
0: that's one good thing. There's terrible things that have happened for a long time and COVID has helped to expose totally some yeah. of them. And it's like, you know, I hate to make the analogy, but George Floyd being murdered in public, mm. you know, is, is important is an important thing for for yeah. people to go through. It's not a good thing, obviously. It if happened. there was a choice, yeah. it shouldn't happen. But, like, change is happening, even if it's slowly, and even if it's, it seems like smoke mm. right now and bullshit, yeah. but, like, people have felt it, you know? There was a change, yeah, I, man, think, so. I think.
3: Yeah, man, I think, yeah, yeah. The, the, the least volume of the zeitgeist that was willing to be like, hey, guys, this sucks, right? Like, are we... <laughs> Right. Pretty sure this sucks,
0: right? Yeah, like right.
2: everyone agrees this is this is bad, right? Right, this, this is bad, like, right. we're like, okay, we're, like,
3: okay we're good, right? This is bad.
0: I don't <laughs> know, it's bad that it was recorded that it happened, but I know it's bad, no, I'm just yeah. like, yeah. it's terrible. And so, like, there's all these wounds that have been exposed, and it's all been during COVID and the institutional racism and, and its health effects. I think, yeah, people have been publishing more and talking about more, so and good, that's bad. an important part of the conversation. So, hopefully, yeah. That will change something.
3: Have y'all been able to like get a well? Y'all study booties, but like, mm-hmm. have y'all been able to like get your your, your like soul care in during this time?
0: Get our booties cared for. You know, uh, uh, cared
3: for Nothing we, like
0: booties.
2: We, we talk about it a lot. We we are not the guys dealing with the same sort of level of COVID that like our ER friends have. Yeah, our hospitalist friends have, and those people out there have been dealing with a lot, but every doctor who works in the hospital, like we do has been exposed to it. And it's, it was a weird year. We went yeah. through like a lot of ups and downs. We feel, I mean, at this point I can only speak for myself. It, it's been a long fucking year, but yeah, you know, we, we see hope now with the vaccine. Yeah. Once the vaccine happened yeah. I and mean, that was pretty amazing for us. We, that changed our perspective on a lot of things. Mm-hmm.
0: Even yeah, though we but, didn't have COVID, we were just waiting for it to come. It's like oh, the stress of like waiting dude. for the it, storm. You, it was
2: like, you, remember see that, it. You, remember you see that it coming scene.
0: and you just don't know when it's going to hit.
2: Yeah. Do you remember that scene in Game of Thrones, like mm. the Battle of Winterfell? where yeah. They're waiting for like the army of the dead to show up and oh my Alessandra God. comes and lights all the swords. Yeah. That's how we felt. We were just like, okay, here it comes here game time, go time. Here we go. We're Dog, and, and, and both volunteered to work on the wards. We're like, it's gonna get fucking ugly.
3: It's about to get crazy.
2: You know, we were lucky here in San Francisco. Other parts of the Bay Area, not quite as lucky as us. San Jose, mm-hmm. South San Francisco,
3: got they got hard. hit a
2: lot harder. But yeah, I mean, it was it's hard. We we talked about moral injury, which is like doctor word for burnout. We talked yeah. about that a lot before COVID but mm-hmm. now it's just it's a mess man we are gonna have so many doctors with ptsd we have so Dude. many doctors that are just gonna be fucked up
3: on some i level. got a yeah, yeah i got a home girl so she's a doctor out on the west side and like every once in a while i'll check in with her like yo how you doing you getting some breaks and she was like i'm cool minus the night terrors <laughs> i'm like oh my god i'm <laughs> so sorry <girl."
1: laughs> she's
3: like she's like i'm sorry i'm dumping on you like but i'm like no nah, that's why i checked in with you you know what i'm saying yeah but yeah, she's like, yeah. Besides so the knife terrors, you know, what no, I'm yeah. like, that's, the, you know, so it that's that's the stuff that like secondhand infuriates me when you see, you know, the stupid, the dumbass memes, you yeah. know, what I'm saying about the other stuff that I'm just like, the homie getting knife, like, you don't don't. That's a literal doctor, like, shut the fuck up and listen mm-hmm. to the actual. What is yeah. like, I don't what is, I don't I. Doc, doc don't understand why this is so hard. Like, mitochondria,
0: Mofos. Mitochondria.
3: <laughs> mitochondria. Sternocladomastoids. Oh damn. That was nice. Look, that's my favorite yeah. word. Good. That was good. Sternocladomastoid.
0: That's, that's a good
3: one. him. Uh,
2: yeah, it's been yes. frustrating. I mean, there's been yeah, there's just been moments where we're just like Lizzie and I uh, we started the show, we did like once a month before COVID. Uh-huh. Then COVID came. We did it like once a week. Now we do it once yeah. a week, sometimes even twice. And yeah. we do it basically just because like one, we wanted to give doctors a place to vent to talk. Yeah. We wanted to like communicate with people who are interested in medicine. And we did it for ourselves because we just like yeah. fucking we needed some some therapy basically. Yeah, so man. this is this has been a lot of that for us. But um
3: that's dope, man. I'm glad you guys have something, man. I yeah. I mean, yeah, I checked in like once I I heard of your show. I checked checked in a few times and I was like, dog, these these are the type of doctors you want, man. That's like y'all are humans, and I get it, man. Like you know, you seeing, you know, so many people a day, like your bedside manner. Like I just, I just don't have time, man. It's like, uh, look, man, you gotta stop eating pork, homie. I don't know what to tell you. This, that's what's wrong with your booty. You, just, you gotta stop eating pork. I don't know what to tell you. All right, uh, you heard it okay, here. Well, Fuck me then. Don't eat pork. Eat as much pork as you want. See you later. <laughs>
0: That's great it's advice. Like you're
2: in the room with us.
3: It's yeah.
0: fucking
2: eerie. Prop says, take,
0: <laughs> prop says take care of your booty, everybody.
2: There, there it is. is. Listen, there it man. is. Oh my goodness. Well, listen, it, it's been so much fun having you on. It's a real oh, uh, pleasure to have you. Guys, you. Um, Please. Thank you. Let, Let's, let's talk about things that people can do to find you, support you. Where, of where course. can people find you?
3: Yeah. I'm at prop hip hop. That's the website and all the social medias. It's just prop hip hop. Um, So there's some poetry there, some books, there's a, a ton of coffee and, um, and the pod is called hood politics. Uh, so that's the hood politics pod. Uh, you can search that out and yeah, that's, that's, it's really good. It's like one of my
2: new like routine, regular pods that I've worked into my system. So I'm really glad to
3: to have it, man. Thanks. I don't take it lightly, man. Like, you know, uh, one from my own reputation of like not being well-researched and i always know what you're talking about on oh, either the street stuff or the the politics stuff you know so like i don't it's it's weird it's like when i was doing music it's like i know i did my 10,000 hours so it's like mm-hmm. I, it's not gonna leave the studio unless it's heat you know what i mean so i'm yeah. like i'm less like self-conscious about that you know but like this pod thing man like any person that listened to it like i'm super appreciative and just just know listeners, like, I'm doing my homework to make sure.
2: <laughs> Wait, that also reminds me, you're a really good musician. <laughs> oh, man, thank you. We haven't even talked about that, but yeah. your rap is really good. The music's Thanks, really man. good. So people should also listen to that. So yeah. um, where can they find the music? At the same place?
3: Yeah, prophiphop.com. Uh, that's the link to all the Spotify and the Apple, whatever you're listening to. You know, you just punch in propaganda. It's new music out that's going along with the book, the book and the album called Terraform. Um, and it's yeah, four EPs right. and a bunch of poetry. Yeah, all right. Thank, well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming thank on. Thank you, man. guys. Cool. Man, this is so fun, dude. Like, like I legit like y'all. Like, hey, <laughs> man. People are always surprised. People are always surprised when <laughs> about they actually you. enjoy their about time. You.
0: They're surprised about yeah, you. Yeah, I understand. Oh, no, you're
3: pretty funny.
2: I'm all right. I'm all right. Thank nah. you so much.
3: Thank, thank you, guys. You.
2: Um, people don't. We're doctors, so people don't expect that much from us, like right.
3: in regards <laughs> you, to this sort of like technology. You sent all of your brain energy <laughs> you know, into the yeah. human body.
0: We so got none. We, we got, got none into all the right. butthole specifically. We're both GI doctors, so yes, that's what, into the
3: booty hole. Into the booty. <laughs> yes. My mother was like the healthy one in the house, but she. Constantly talked to us about having a healthy colon, a healthy booty, mm-hmm. and like good bowel movements. She was like, oh, How are your bowels? And I was like, Mama, like, I'm not finna, okay. Is, was she's she a like- fan
2: of Dr. Oz? I don't think so. Oh, uh, that's good. Cause he was oh, like the one who made that body. real, which she's smart <laughs> in that sense at least. Then, that guy, yeah. he's the one who made it real popular for like really a- American moms to care about their poop. Like, yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was the one who came on on Oprah back in the day and he was the one yeah. that was like a good poop should enter the toilet like a Olympic diver into the water. Somebody that, said? Yeah, yeah.
0: That's good times.
3: So I he's the it. one who's responsible. But it's nice that. that your
0: mom cares about your poop. She
3: yeah, cares. she should. Deeply. She was like, "Are you are you regular, son?"
0: <laughs> Maybe. I think I think <laughs> that fine. tells more about her. I think I think she was probably not regular and really worried about <laughs> you your poop. Ready?
3: Maybe but... that was it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, she was like, I don't want to go. Were- what I'm going. to.
0: She's constipated. Yeah, that's okay. Some She's a sweet of us, lady. some of us, wear our emotions in our colon. So I'm sorry. Yeah. I just Not that true. was my that was I made <laughs> I made an assumption, and yes. I'm and I'm sorry.
3: I appreciate it, and I contain multitudes.